0: Listen, this is my, uh, because I'm moving away in a little while, this is actually my last chance to preach to you guys, which is very sad. Uh, but there is a plus side to that, at least for me, uh, which is that I know that really I can do anything and I can't be banned from coming back to preach again. And so I was thinking about this, I was thinking, wow, well, I really want to kind of go out with a bang in that sense. And uh, so what I want to start with is a, is a really kind of, Uh, hopefully at least our most exciting and possibly dangerous visual analogy ever Uh, so for this I'll need a couple of volunteers and it would be better if the volunteers are men mainly because uh, well no just because I feel much worse if I make a a girl cry than if I make a guy cry so uh, let's have a couple of volunteers I don't know why there's such a hesitancy come on couple of guys. Uh, Yeah, okay, great. Okay, so James, if you stand kind of at that aisle, that sort of corner in front of the aisle, and Andy, you're going to get in the cage. All right, so today we're talking about... No, 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 keep... Yeah, don't go yet. Uh, So today we're talking about telling people about Jesus. Uh, That's something that we uh, as Christians are all called to do. And uh, I just want to kind of start with a, a simple visual analogy here of uh, let's imagine that where, this, where Andy is now and where James is that is the mission to tell people about Jesus and so uh, Andy is now I'm now going to push Andy and he's going to uh, stay on track for his mission let's see how he goes mm. oh, uh, yeah oh, uh, grab him grab him okay <laughs> Okay, so uh, that's it. Let's give it a round of applause. That's fine, that's fine. So that didn't work quite as dramatically as I'd hoped. What I wanted wanted was a shopping trolley because I knew that would veer off. Uh, And that didn't veer off quite as I'd hoped. But hopefully it will stick in your brains anyway to make the point that actually when it comes to telling people about Jesus... It's something that we need to constantly be reminded about in order to stay on track. And uh, what happens is, we might comes the end of a talk like today, and you know we here we get reminded afresh. Oh, we need to. This is our mission to tell people about Jesus, share the good news. But then the cares of life come along, the busyness of life, and we so easily kind of veer off. And that's really what today is about. It's about reminding us uh, of of our calling to tell people about Jesus. Uh, that's also why we have things like gospel communities and twos and threes, because we just, we constantly need to be reminded of the truth, that we're called, we've been given a great mission by Jesus, and uh, and we need, to, we need to be reminded to stay on track. Now, actually, it would be really helpful if someone, let me pick someone, Vanessa, could you get me a glass of water? I just realize I'm never going to survive without a glass of water. Okay, um, and I don't know what you think when, you, when, when I kind of say that the topic is about telling people about Jesus. I don't know uh, what that kind of, what, what that evokes in you, but I've noticed in a lot of people, when you think about that calling to tell people about God, it's something that, which actually can, can bring a bit of dread in people. And it can, for some people, if that's you, you might be in a bit of discouragement about it, and you might be finding it hard at the moment. I just want to say that My heart today is that by the end of this talk, I really believe, oh, I really believe that by the end of this talk, God's going to do something in your heart so that when it comes to sharing your faith, it is something that you're going to do out of a sense of joy, out of a sense of freedom, there's going to be grace in it, and there's actually going to be... A kind of excitement about telling people about God. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds great to me. All right. Now, I shouldn't go any further, really, by acknowledging, look, I know that a lot of you folks, you'd probably say you're not a Christian, or you're kind of not sure. So, by Christian, I would say, you know, do you, do you, do you say you follow Jesus every day? Is that your aim? And for a lot of you, you'd be like, well, no, I'm not a Christian. And you're probably thinking right now, like, I knew it. I knew you guys were going to try and convert me. This is exactly what I was worried about. And uh, I just want to say, listen, don't. You shouldn't be worried about. Is it going to help if I move at all with the sound? Should I go forwards or back? Okay, I'll just say it. You shouldn't be worried about those about Christians who want to share their faith. Actually, you should be worried about Christians who don't share their faith, because as Christians, what we're saying is that we know our Creator God. And we're saying that we have a relationship with him. And it's not just for now, but it goes into all eternity. And that we can know him and be caught up in his purposes. And, and so if that's true, it would be crazy not to share that, wouldn't it? It would be absolutely crazy not to share it. So don't worry about Christians who want to tell you about Jesus. You should be more worried about those that don't. And the other thing might be, you might be thinking, well, if you're, just telling, if you're talking about telling people about Jesus, that's not relevant to me. Listen, this message is absolutely as relevant as any message you've heard before. So please stick with me, and uh, you'll see by the end that it's going to pay off. So, uh, what I'm going to talk about is, uh, I don't know if you want to bring up the first slide, I'm going to talk about uh, pretty much the same, but completely different. So I'm going to talk very quickly about what it means that all Christians should basically be pretty much the same as everyone else, then I'm going to talk for a bit longer about, actually, we should be completely different from everyone else. And in that, towards the end, I'm going to get a few people to come up and tell stories. They're going to hopefully bring it to life a little bit. And, uh, and it's going to be fun. All right. So uh, I'm going to start with something a little bit unusual. I want you to turn to the person next to you. And just by judging what you see of me now, I want you to guess, uh, figure out, what is my age? So the next slide, actually. What's my age? What sort of stuff do I like? And what sort of stuff don't I like? Okay, so you've got one minute. A lot of you, will, well, some of you might know the answers, but try and just guess. If, if, if it was just from what you saw, what would you say? Okay, you've got one minute. Go. Okay, great. Great, that's enough time. Okay, so age. Come on, just shout out. 70. Anyone, anyone got below 70? No? Okay, Adam? 34. 34, okay, that's good. Anyone got below 34. No, okay. Okay, 37. That's fine, that's fine. I'm happy with that. Uh, what about likes? What do you think? The, okay. Sorry, garden? The guardian. The guardian. Okay. What, what, what's that based on? <laughs> Tofu. What are these things based on? What's making you say that? My shoes. Oh, very observant. My shoes have got vegetarian shoes written on them. Yeah, and I'm sort of pale and skinny, so I look like a vegetarian anyway. Okay, what about dislikes? Bright colours. Bright colours, good. (laughs) Huh? Sports. (laughs) Who said that? Luke, yeah, all right, proud he said that. Uh, Anything else? Go on. I heard some shouts, but okay, it's fine. Listen, uh, that's fine, that's fine. No, I'm happy with it. It's fine, it's okay, it's Okay. Uh, the point I wanted to make is just that when we first look at someone, when we first meet someone, uh, we make a judgment, don't we? And one of the things we, one of the main things we kind of judge is like, uh, will I get on with them, or do are they like me? You know, can I or can I like relate to them? Are they are they sort of normal or are they a little bit weird? That's kind of one of the things we think, isn't it? Now the Apostle Paul uh, says this. Next slide. Um, he says, actually, let me use this break just to thank again my volunteers, my excellent volunteers. Vanessa, thank you for the water. That's a lovely, excellent glass of water. Okay, great. Okay, so Paul says, uh, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant's all that I might win more of them. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. So Paul's saying, "I, I do all I can to relate to people on their level. And he's saying the same to us, that he's encouraging us that we should do everything we can in order to meet people where they're at. So without sinning, we should really be as much like the people around us as we possibly can. And the reason for that is that people could look at us and be like, and could sort of think, Yeah, I know he's a Christian, or she's a Christian, but I can kind of relate to them. They're not so different from me. And uh, I guess a simple, I I wanted to kind of put it in a, hopefully a visual, a a single kind of key visual, which is the next slide, Uh, just something that you have, so don't be weird. So where this comes from is, I think, you all know Ned Flanders, don't you? I think historically, Christians, we used to be more like this, actually, where We kind of invent rules, uh, certain things that you you, that oh that's not a Christian thing. So like you can't have a tattoo, or uh, you can't listen to certain kinds of music, or you can't um, you you might not have a telly, you're not allowed a telly in your house. So historically, Christians used to be a little could be quite a little bit weird, and they kind of set up uh, divisions or or obstacles. Really, that people would look at that and and say, oh, they're quite different from me. I'm I'm not sure I can relate to them. But they were actually nothing to do with the gospel. Those things. And I think we, when I, you know, when I look around you guys, I kind of see, actually, we're not like that. We're, we're doing well in that sense. I think we're, we, we're pretty normal, and that's good. Uh, but it's more subtle, I think, nowadays. And so I just want to, I'm not going to spend a long time on this, because like I said, I think we're pretty good at this. But I just want to encourage you to think about those around you. Look at the people around you. What kind of stuff are they into? What are they like? What, what, how do they see you? How do they see others? And just be aware of that. And be like Paul, to remove anything that might get in the way, anything that might make them think, oh, that, uh, that's strange, that's so unusual. Uh, so, just little simple things that might be like, it might be as simple as just going to the pub and hanging out with folks, but by listening, and getting to know folks, uh, we can connect with them. And, and, and really, if we go back, of a, uh, back a slide, sorry, uh, to verse four, it, it's what Paul's saying. He says, I, I, I become a servant to all. So, you, by serving people and loving people, and listening to them, that's how we connect with them on their level. And so the aim is that they, they meet us, and they say, yeah, I'm, I know he's a Christian, but actually, I can relate to him, I can connect with him, he's, he's normal. All right." And so they do that, and then they get to know us, and once someone gets to know you, they might be like, actually, they're utterly different from me. So that... Yeah, they, they wear the same clothes, and they kind of talk the same. They seem the same, but actually fundamentally, underneath all that stuff, they're utterly different from me. They're they, they living with a completely different set of values. Their minds seems to be on other things. And that is uh, our own. That, that, that folks would, would feel that like way when they meet us. Now, I've been thinking about this, and when I knew I was going to be speaking on this subject, I kind of I talked to a lot of you guys, a lot of different rev people, because I wanted to sort of get under the skin of this subject. What is it? To, how do we feel about sharing the gospel? And, and like I said at the start, it's, it seems to be a, a topic where very often as Christians, we kind of, kind of regardless of how you're doing in terms of uh, telling people you're a Christian, telling people uh, that sharing the gospel with them, leading someone to Jesus, regardless of how you're doing, uh, very often there's this kind of sense of folks being a little bit uh, hunched shoulders, you know. We're a little bit. Heads are down. We're on the back feet, foot, and and uh, and and it was a strange thing, really, because the more I talk to folks, I've I've observed that a lot, and I can see that in my own life quite a lot, and and I've been thinking about that quite a bit, and uh, and I got thinking about what is the Christian walk like? Like, what is our walk, the spiritual walk like, generally? And uh, here comes my next slide, because I couldn't find a kind of uh, I couldn't find this online, so I thought I'd draw it myself. (laughs) So this is like a normal walk with God, or at least it's mine, uh, you might be much more spiritual, but so as time goes on, we, yeah, we, it's going in the right direction, you know, generally speaking, we're, we're becoming more like Jesus, but actually, in the day to day and week to week, it's very up and down, isn't it? Like, and, and sometimes when we're in those kind of, the down bits, it's very easy to get discouraged and to kind of kind of, yeah, like I say, our sort of shoulders go down, and, and, and we become a little bit kind of paralysed by that, and, and a little bit kind of introspective, and, and we kind of give up on telling people about Jesus. Where, whereas in reality, if we were just to, to have that kind of mindset that actually, no, God is doing something in me, and he's making me more like Jesus, and being sanctified, and becoming more like Jesus every day, uh, then we can sort of walk our way out of that, and... Uh, I think the key to it really is knowing who we are in God. And I I just sort of, I want to tell a little story really just to bring that to life. Because I think it's it's, it's so much about how we think of ourselves. And so uh, a few years ago, uh, I was feeling very discouraged and I was, uh, someone kind of criticised me for, for something and, and I got very down about it and yeah, like I said, my shoulders went down, my head went down and uh, it went on for a few days and then after a few days I, I was at a, a church prayer meeting and uh, we were having this kind of time where everyone was sharing and praying for each other and Dan Hayter comes up to me and he says you know what, God just wants to say to you that the Lord is with you uh, Dan, what did you say? <laughs> What does, uh, I know you won't remember this because it's cause years ago, but you know when a, a because I ahead. So what does, what, does, what does the angel say to Gideon? Mighty man of valour. thank you. So he said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valour. And in that moment, you know when you're just like, oh yes, that's exactly, like I, I look at myself, Of course I'm not a mighty man of valor, but the Lord is with me. That's what I am. And when truth gets inside us like that, it's so powerful because we can stand on it and and be firm in it. And and I was like, oh yes, that's exactly what I am. I'm a mighty man of valor. And I want to just share a a few verses with you and encourage you in who you are in God. Uh, So let's bring up the next verse. Did you know that as well as being a mighty man or a mighty woman of God, you are the light of the world. Jesus says, you are a city set on a hill, cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. So Jesus is saying, you notice, notice Jesus' phrase on this, he doesn't say, try your best to shine, and he doesn't say, uh, you know, do, do that shining thing as much as you can, but no, he says, you are the light of the world, that's who you are, and so you don't have to kind of, light just shines, doesn't it? And so when you come into a room, you bring the light of salvation wherever you go. You step into a room and, and, and you just bring that light, because that's who you are in God. And that's the truth. In the same way, you know, when you, when you, when you come into a room, do you know that you carry the fragrance of Christ? So when, whenever you step into a room, people just, oh, what is that? There's something distinctive about that person. Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. And as we get these kind of truths into us, and, and as we stand on those, then we just find that God is, um, we're, we're kind of putting our trust in God and being like, oh yeah, that's who he is. And, and, and actually it's, it's all about him and he's doing it. And, uh, and that's, a, that's, that's kind of how, tra- how transformation happens, that our heads go up, our shoulders go back, we're, we're on the front foot and all of a sudden we're, we're going into situations I Want to tell people about Jesus, not from a position of, of kind of like, you know, a little bit of stepping back, a little bit worried, how's this going to go? But actually now, I'm going into this knowing who I am in God. He's with me. He's able. I'm, I'm trusting in his strength. I'm not going to try and do it myself. And, and suddenly, we're, 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 we're so much more uh, confident because our confidence isn't in ourselves, it's in God. I'm going to quickly, uh, I want to get Andy up now. He's going to quickly tell a story because I just find that uh, it's so much easier to kind of uh, put these things into practice when we hear real stories. So Andy, do you want to come up? Let's give Andy uh, a warm, warm round of applause. Do you want to grab this mic? And uh, Andy's just going
1: to share about something uh, happened a few weeks ago. Go for it, Andy. Uh, Yeah, Dave um, just asked me to share about what happened probably three or four weeks ago here on a Sunday. Um, yeah, it was basically just during the second uh, kind of half of worship, um, and I just kind of felt God say to me this, God wants to heal some people here this afternoon, um, and kind of, I just felt, in particular, just people with lower back pain, um, I just kind of stepped up the front to share it, and as I was stepping forward to share it with Steph, I just felt God say, there's someone here with lower back pain, with pain running down the left-hand side of the leg as well. Um, so yeah so I just brought that um, and then uh, there's a lady who responded um, she's actually just here visiting as a one off actually it was Esther's mum and um yes, yeah, so we prayed for her um, she couldn't test it out straight away um, she's kind of had the ongoing pain she does a lot of kind of fitness and training stuff but she just does it all the time through pain um, but later that week she had a nine hour coach journey from Southampton all the way up to Darlington um, it's the sort of thing which would definitely set the pain off um, and she did the journey, no pain, um, and then the following week she uh, did some circuit training and she was doing some running, no pain again as well, and yeah, she's basically going around telling people, yeah, God's healed me, um, which is just amazing, and then following on from that, so, uh, she so was, uh, it's worth, like, like, she was, actually, no, no, sorry, go on, go on, <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> Um so yes yeah, so, so Esther's mum's yeah she's telling Esther and Esther's sister saying "Yeah, like, I've been healed um and then kind of a couple of days later Esther's sister was down at a church in uh, Southampton they were doing some um kind of some evangelism um down there and they were doing some open street stuff and just presenting the gospel message and um, as she was there basically um, there was a guy who was talking about healings um, on the street and just uh, just talking to uh, those who were just passing by and coming along um, and there's basically this guy came along, a Chinese student called Ziyung, Um basically never heard the gospel before and didn't know anything about Christianity but just got caught up in hearing about people with healings um, and uh, he just asked him uh, is there anything wrong with you do you want to be uh, like can we pray for you for anything um, and Esther's sister was there and um, was with him and he basically said yeah I've got um, pain in the lower part of my back and it's running down my left leg and um, Esther's sister was like um, my mum's just been healed of that last couple of days can I pray for you um, so they prayed for him and um, at the end of the prayer they were like what does it feel like what's happened and he was like whoa is that magic um, basically the pain had gone as well um, and so to like praise God, and um, and it was just like they were to obviously tell him actually, this is Jesus. Um, yeah, it's not magic.
0: <laughs> oh, wonderful, thanks, mate. That's great. Let's give him around. Yeah. What I love so much. So what I love so much about that story is just the fact that Andy, Andy just brought this little. First of all, God gives him a word. He says, "Go, on, Andy, do that. Say that up the front." And then God does all this kind of amazing stuff as a result of it. So Esther's mum, who really was quite far from God, gets healed and, and, and testifies. And God's done this. Uh, then builds faith in someone else. And, and, uh, and then she then has the faith to pray for someone else who doesn't know Jesus at all. And then that guy gets to hear about Jesus. And, and all this amazing stuff God does. And then God says to Andy, "Oh, well done. And really, he didn't do much, did he? He just came out the front and, uh, and, and was faithful with the little bit he had. And then God did all this amazing stuff. And so I, I love that we can just, just by being faithful in little things uh, and, and taking those little steps uh, and, and kind of plodding on, and we, and, we, and we don't give up, and we keep going, and we have faith, and God, God does amazing stuff with it, and he builds faith in us, and it, and it builds and builds. And, and uh, he says, let's bring up the next slide. So he says to us, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to so the ends of the earth. So he says, you, you, you will receive power, it's going to come on you and you're going to do all this stuff uh, and, and it's going to be in his strength. And so he does it and, and, and I just feel like the word for today is that we as people just need to have uh, confidence in him in the power of the church that he's given us and in the authority that he's given us to walk in that stuff. Uh, I've got a couple more people that I'm going to get to come up and share. And then as they share, I'm going to get, I'm just going to draw out kind of practical points of how we can uh, share our faith through those testimonies. Uh, and the first point I, m- I want to make is the, n- the next slide. Uh, it says is to keep being fueled with the Holy Spirit. And Sally, where is, wherever is lovely Sally Utting? Where are you? my? Here she is, my next star here. Sally, come up. Let's give a- <laughs> Why don't you just share and then uh, okay. we'll see where we go.
2: Okay, so I've got a lovely email from Dave. Can I share? Oh, dear. He asked me to share. You have to put... A full stop at the end because I can go on a bit. Um, I go on because I get excited. So in the morning when I wake up, um, I ask God, what do you want me to do today? Most morning, um, the reason why I do that is two, because I love God. And secondly, because when I first wake up, I get a lot of pain. So I have in ME, and it can be really draining. So I always say, God what do you want me to do today? And he never fails. Mm. It can be pictures, it can be verses, it can be, I want you to take some flowers to someone, I want you to take a bag of food for someone, I want you to take nappies. Now, um, one of the stories was, he told me in the morning I was going to meet someone on the bus, and um, he said to me, a while ago, he said, when you see somebody more than three times, I want you to have a chat with them. And anyway, this particular day, I saw this person, and I could see that they were in pain. And um, we were just chatting, and I thought, well, blow it. I'll have to stay it now, won't I? <laughs> and, uh, and I just said, you know what? I love Jesus, and uh, when I'm in pain, I pray. Um, can I pray for you? She said, yeah. And I said, on oh, the bash is that okay? She said, yeah, let's do it. So we prayed on the bash, and God was doing things. I don't know what he did. He was definitely doing something. And I want to encourage you that if you pray for anyone, don't think you need to know every time what's going on, because it's not for us to know. It's for God to make sure that we're being obedient, really. And something happened, and I don't know what it was. But when I saw her next time, she had a bigger smile on her face. So I thought, well, God's doing something, something exciting. And then there's been other times as well where God has said, I want you to take some nappies to someone. Now, a long time ago, a long, long time ago, I bought some nappies and I took it to a neighbour's house on the doorstep. And um, I was at a toddler group some time afterwards. And she was going on about, do you know what, I ran out of nappies. She's telling everybody in the toddler, grade. I was running out of nappies for my baby, and I opened the front door and there was nappies on the doorstep. I don't know how it got there. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do amazing things really happen today. And it really got her excited that wow. someone cared. That, you know... And I didn't, I didn't need to say, hey, it was me. It was God said, do it. And sometimes... God might not tell you to do something. You might see it with your eyes. You might see somebody that needs some help. Don't wait. Do it. If you can see someone needs help or you can see that someone wants something or needs something, just go for it. Step out. Take, you know, your pride. But I mean, you know doesn't matter about your pride, does it really? It really doesn't matter. Mm. If you really love God, you put your pride to one side. We don't even have any pride anyway. We put it to one side and we just go for it and step out. There was another time um, a few weeks ago, um, I we just had a vintage tea party for the Fleet Festival and I was sitting in the tea shop and I said, Lord, do you want me to go out and play with anybody? And at that point he gave me a picture of a lady that had braided hair at the side, very pretty young girl, and I thought, okay, thought nothing more of it, and as we were walking down the street, and I was with some friends, I saw this very lady, and uh, I've got a bit of a lift, if you haven't gathered that by now, but my, God. Oh. when I was just about to say something, I couldn't get anything out at that point, I thought, <laughs> like she's going to go in a minute, <laughs> anyway, I caught up with her, and I said, I don't know how you feel about this, but I was just in the coffee shop and I was praying and uh, God gave me a picture and it was you with your hair like this and I really feel like it would be good if I could pray for you. What do you think? With that, I thought she was going to walk up and think, oh, we've got the right one here. And, uh, but she was with a partner, I thought, but it turned out to be an uncle. And he said, no, pray for us. You really need to pray at the moment. And, um, and I looked at her said, do you want me to pray? And she said, yes, please so we prayed in Kentish Town High Street with everybody going past and, and it was the Holy Spirit was there and again I don't know what happened but God was there and it was what she needed yeah. at that point point. and there's been other times as well where God has said <laughs> give your money, give your time, give a book, give a hug, yeah. give some love. Do it.
0: Just do it. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Sally. Thank you so much. Again, I just want to draw a few points out of what Sally is saying. That prayer, first of all, is the absolute engine room of witnessing. That's where it happens. I don't know if you find this, that when you spend time in prayer, God just uh, brings people to your mind, Or I find even God just, it doesn't even have to be amazing words of knowledge, but actually I just find myself being more thoughtful of others when I'm in prayer and thinking, oh, shouldn't I reach out to that person? Shouldn't I? Uh, Wouldn't it be good to give that, like Sally was saying, oh, it would be great to give that book or give that Bible verse or whatever it is. Um, If we can have the next slide. I think, again, looking at what Paul says, uh, he says this in Colossians, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. And and this is something I, I said kind of about 18 months ago, and it seemed to stick, so I'm just going to say it again. It's this point where he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And uh, if we have the next slide, what, you, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is encouraging <laughs> us to pray like a meerkat. Okay, so some of you might remember this, some of you might not, but again, just a, a, vis- a simple way, a visual way of like, remembering. But when we pray, you know, what does a meerkat do? He's like this. <laughs> and he's looking around. What's going on? What's God doing? And, and, and Paul's saying, continue said fasting being watchful in prayer, and just looking around. What's God saying? Who's he talking to me about? Who's he? Who's he putting on my heart? And, and and so prayer is the way that we get fueled in our, in our witness, and it's the way that we uh, that the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us about people and points us towards people. The other great thing about prayer is that it stops us becoming uh, legalistic about sharing the gospel. So uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of really love rules. Like if you were to, if I if I were to give you like the five five rules, five rules every day to do in order to share the gospel, uh, and I could go away with that, and, and that would kind of, I would love that, because I, I love kind of rules and legalism, uh, but actually, the, uh, the, the way the Holy Spirit works is, it, it, it frees us from legalism, and so to give you an example, I, I once listened to a preach, and it was like, eight things to do to be an amazing husband, and so I, I started following these these eight rules, and uh, and and after the first few days, I was like, okay, I'm doing it now. And oh, she, you know, my wife just isn't doesn't seem to be appreciating how loving I am. <laughs> like, and and. Uh, it's getting a little bit annoyed with her. I was like, "Come on! Like, when are you going to start feeling cherished and loved?" I'm, I'm applying these rules. Uh, and it's the same thing with, with, with witnessing. The minute we give, have rules, how we're going to do it, uh, it just becomes it becomes dead and horrible and and, and, and oppressive. But actually, uh, the, the way the Spirit does it is that He He speaks to us and encourages us, uh, and that's the kind of witnessing that happens and that is gracious and free and loving. Uh, and then uh, the last point I want to make about prayer and the way that that is, is such a fuel for, for mission is just to encourage us uh, about twos and threes, or in a couple of weeks, we're going to relaunch it as, as running partners, and we'll talk about there, but it's just so important to have people around you who are going to keep reminding you, now, come on, this is what we're about. This is our mission, who are going to keep encouraging you. How are you getting on, sharing your faith and, and, uh, and you kind of remember the, the analogy at the start, the sort of shopping trolley analogy, and, and uh, I was kind of trying, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if like, I photoshopped a meerkat pushing a shopping trolley uh, with then another meerkat inside or something like that, and then look at the next slide. The beauty of the internet is that <laughs> you can just find it's already there. So that saved me a job. Uh, although it is actually, it's a stoat. It's not a meerkat, it's a stoat pushing a shopping trolley. <laughs> Uh, but just the. Uh, so we'll, 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 we'll talk in a couple of weeks about running partners. Uh, but if you miss that talk, just remember, you know, Stokes and shopping trolleys, and that will, that will help you immensely. All right. Uh, let's go back a slide so that we're not. Actually, let's go back two slides so that we're not left on that one. It's a bit too weird. Uh, okay. Let's welcome uh, our last sharing person, Susie Atwoods. Woo-hoo! Go for, it, well. just
3: go for it. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know, um, I'm Susie, and I work in um, television documentary making. Um, so, so I've been working in London for the last six years. And um, normally, it's, it's really amazing. I love my job. And um, it's normally just it's so informal, and it's all about being kind of who you are and being friends. And you actually do better if you're just yourself. So there's not so much formality. And normally, I've, I've shared with so many people just... F- through being friends, and they're, you know, they're like, why do you do that, and why don't you do that, and why, you know, why aren't you dating that person, you know, all that. This this example that came to mind isn't isn't that. Um, I worked at. Uh... <laughs> I don't know why I say that. Um, I worked at a document. I'm freelance, and I worked at a, a company in Kentish Town last year. And I was working on a programme for BBC4 about the growth of London suburbs, which was excellent. Um, and it's a very small company. And there was one other documentary that was being made in the office and had been, been in the process of being made over the past year. And it was about cathedrals. And um, there's a kind of well-known documentary maker called Richard Orwin. And he's known. He's very intelligent and old and very sort of witty and very... Uh, he, his, his documentaries are quite subtle and you don't ever... He doesn't say much. He's very, very talented and he doesn't say much. And he does observational documentary. And I was like, oh, wow, I really like his stuff. Anyway, it was about cathedrals. I was thinking, I don't even make a program about the suburban, you know, like nonsense. Anyway... I'd, I made my program about um, suburbia, and then the exec of the company said, Susie, actually, um, the, the cathedrals program just needs you to work on that program for a week. And they've, it's a three-part thing, and they've um, been kind of observing Wells Cathedral and um, also Wakefield in the north, and this one's about the um, Southwark Cathedral which is in London Bridge. Um, And they're doing kind of Week in the Life of Southwark Cathedral. In fact, I saw you, didn't I, when I was there. Um, And so they said, we just need to be um, you to kind of get to know a few people, see if there's any kind of interesting stories of people who come in and out of Southwark. And I was really demoralised. I was there. He's all kind of like very just, I was like, oh, wow, you're really good. And there was the assistant producer, Lauren, who's really nice and an anthropologist. And they're all just very subtle. And I'm like talking to people and then feeding back. And they're just like, great. Thanks. I'm like, cool, this is my job. Not doing anything. Right, so at the end of the week, on the Thursday, we went for lunch, we went for sushi, obviously, in, um, in <laughs> Borough Market, and we're having lunch, and Lauren just actually, in the office, previous to this, because it's not, I was kind of friends with them by this point, but normally I'm really good friends with people, and they know everything about me, surprise, surprise. This, they hadn't, and Lauren had gone to a meeting at Southwark, because it's observational, they kind of live there, and they just spend all their time getting to know people, and, and Lauren had come in to the office, and we sat next to each other and she said it's so weird I went to this meeting last night with young people at Southwark and Susie like they were just talking practically about their faith, like they're young they're like our age and I can't get my head around it and she didn't, she didn't really know me and she's like what do you think Susie and I was like um well actually I'm, I'm a Christian and I go to church and I told her all about Rev It's not normally the, the way around that I do it, I get to know them and so I just thought okay this is quite bold, I'm going to go for it and she's like wow I'm really fascinated so she told Richard the director about me obviously and I happened to be put on this job for a week and so at lunchtime, they were like like we just can't crack this what the what the narrative's going to be. you know what on earth is this film about Southwark going to be? Wells was about how be- the beauty in cathedrals and the kind of like physical space this like it's about a cathedral in London, and what's the point maybe it's like what is the relevance of a cathedral, the church in inner city London? Susie, what do you think about that? I'm like, uh. <laughs> my soy sauce um, I'm like okay, and then so, I just I was, it was really good. So I was like, okay, well, actually, and my mind just thought, and I get out my pink Bible, which I've done before at work. I'm like, actually, it's really interesting, because you're, you're saying about kind of the meaning of church in, in, in a city, in a modern-day city, and actually, the Bible, at the end of the Bible, in Revelation 21 and 22, the imagery of the church in the New Jerusalem is a city. And I was like, can I just read to you? So I'm reading, and I'm like, and here are the gates, and here are the people marked, you know, this is all the imagery of a city. I'm like it's really significant that the church is is going to be renewed as a city and what is a city for it's the where the kind of power lies where people come and get wisdom and I just like and they're all like yes 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 and I'm like this is the church I'm like maybe that's something you could kind of bring up with the dean or the chapter or whatever they're called you know and they're like okay but they're still quite subtle. Like, okay. At Christmas, I went to the Christmas party, and I was like, "Oh, I thought, you know, I really loved your program. La la da. I thought it worked really well." And and Lauren said, "Do you know that your word when you were reading the Bible in at lunchtime at sushi, that was that that was the crux. That was what made the documentary what it was." I was yeah. like, "Thank you, Lord." And since then, I'll just quickly end with Richard. So he's now my friend, um, and we kind of text each other and I were, um, went to work on a documentary, documentary about C.S. Lewis and he texts me because obviously he knows I'm a Christian and he finds it very interesting because he's got that sort of mind and um, he, we've had really amazing profound text conversations about the meaning of of life, essentially. And he's like, it's that searching for something other, isn't it, Susie? I was just reading now. I mean, I was texting back saying, yeah, actually, um, C.S. Lewis calls it this German word, Zeinzucht, which is longing for something that's lost. And I was like, I believe that something that's lost is something that was made by God in Eden, and that's the kind of thing that we've lost, and we're searching for that, and it's that longing, and he's like, yeah, Zane's a, is exactly the word. You know, we're having this text conversation, and I just, I mean, it, it just goes on and on, and so it's, that, that's all I have to say. Wonderful.
0: <laughs> uh... <laughs> I Susie to deliver it like that, yeah. But isn't that amazing? Isn't that encouraging, that just by, just by being who we are, uh, just by, uh, as opportunities come up, just taking a little step and, and sharing what, what what comes to mind, what God puts in your heart. Uh, that just, just all that God can do through that. And, and that's what I was saying at the start. It is just that we are, we are light. We are uh, the light of the world. And just by being there, just by being who we are and letting God work, uh, amazing stuff happens. Beautiful stuff happens. People hear the gospel. And, and so I, I, I just wanted to kind of draw a few points out of that uh, that sort of let your light shine point. So, uh, in your workplace, think about uh, what you do there. So, first of all, it's your workplace, isn't it? So, primarily, that's that's what you do. You go there to work. You don't primarily go there to tell people about Jesus, but you go there to faithfully work. You turn up on time. Uh, you don't leave early. Uh, you work hard. When you when things are a bit quiet, you don't, you know, do your do your Bills and all that stuff during work time, but but you you just you, you, you be faithful, uh, and in that way you are immediately utterly distinct for one, from like ninety percent of those around you, uh, because because just by just by doing that simple thing, or for example, uh, just by being the light of the world, the light of the world. So you, you're not anxious about things in the same way that. That those around you might be, like Susie was saying. You know, people are saying to her, "Why, why don't you date?" And you know, aren't you aren't you worried about not dating, not having a relationship? No, I, I live my life by a different set of values. Uh, the light of the world. You don't steal, so you don't steal time, like I already said. Uh, you don't steal biscuits, which is a a massive a massive thing. God's done in my heart on that one. Uh, we don't gossip. You know, the, because we're the light of the world, we don't gossip. So when conversations come up where people say, you know, have a go at the boss or have a go at those around us, and no, we don't get into those conversations because we're the light of the world, and that's that's, that's what God's made us. And we don't, uh, we're distinct in that sense. And and just by just by being what God's called us to be in that place, we're immediately very very different. Our, from 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 most people, and, and so just by being in your workplace and and being who God's called you to be, you find opportunities come up, uh, and, and and God and God will use it. Um, good, I put, put Andy earlier than that. Okay, I just wanted to say, yeah, I felt like actually on Andy's point, uh, I didn't mean to kind of belittle. It. I almost said like he didn't do a lot, did he? But. But Andy was faithful with what God had, God had given him to do. So Andy, God said to him, you know, bring. You know, God spoke to him about this this back pain. And, and uh, my point was that yeah, God did amazing things through that. I, I wasn't belittling what he did, but but sometimes it only takes a little step, and God does so much through it. All right, I want to uh, just draw draw us talk to a close and. Those of you who uh, like I said at the start, you, you kind of you, you would say oh, i 'm not a christian or i 'm not sure if i 'm a Christian or not and, I, and, and thank you for kind of sticking with me as i 've gone, gone through all this stuff and I, I just want to encourage you on a few things. Uh, you know that the Bible says that we are either in, a, in darkness or in light. It says that what, what Jesus has done is called those of us who know him, out of darkness into light. And he invites us, actually. Jesus invites us to come into the light, to come into relationship with him. And there are two ways, actually, that we could turn our back or reject Jesus. The first way would be to, 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 to be like, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in God and what you've got to say. And, and, and simply to reject him, uh, so I don't believe him. I don't believe in your God. Whatever. Uh, but the second way that we could reject God actually is to be a good person. So you might come to church. You might read your Bible, pray. You might even you might even tell people about Jesus. But in the heart of what you're doing is, I'm doing good works, and I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm not like those that turn their back on God. But I'm, you know, I, I, I'm a good person and you know, I read my Bible and, and I go to church and I do the right things. Uh, but in your heart, you, you, you're not trusting God and you're not saying, saying, because God says actually no one's good except Him. And we all choose to, to do things which harm others and we all, we all do selfish things. And so there's no way that we can earn our way out of, the, out of darkness into his kingdom of light. But the, so those are the two ways that we can reject God, but there, there's one way that we can receive him, which is to say, actually, I know that I can't do it, God, but Jesus, please help me. And it really is as simple as calling on him and saying, God, I can't do it, but Jesus, would you help me? Jesus, would you uh, take me as I am uh, 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 and grab hold of me and, and bring me into your kingdom I can't, I can't do it myself and so in a little minute we're going to come back and we're going to sing some songs and we're going to take bread and wine and if you would like to receive this free gift of of, of coming into God's kingdom of being called into his uh, purposes coming out of your, your life where it's, it's kind of it's just about you and, uh, and those around you and this short time and actually being called into his big plan where you're being called into his adventure and his plan from the beginning of the universe and how he's going to draw it all together. And it's simply a case of come, take the bread and the wine and say, Jesus, I need you. And why don't you let someone know that, that perhaps brought you or someone that's up the front and, and, and we will pray with you and just encourage you in that. All right. Let's stand, and why don't the band come up. What I'd love to do is just for us to pray now, and and, uh, I just feel like God's put something on my heart, which is really about knowing the authority that we have in him. And so I just want to pray for us, uh, pray for us all, just in sharing the gospel. So why don't you uh, just... Uh, kind of just close your eyes and lift your hands and just be in a receiving place and let's just ask God to help us. Lord God, just pray for us now. I thank you that there is nothing that we can do in ourselves but I thank you that you have done it all through your son Jesus on the cross and we just we just pray for just a, a touch of your spirit now on us. We pray that for those... I pray for those that when they, when they think about how they're doing and telling others about Jesus, who feel discouraged, uh, who feel like they're doing it out of a sense of obligation, we just lift that off. We say, Holy Spirit, would you lift that off, folks, now? Would you lift that off them? And would you help us to share you out of your grace, out of your freedom... Help us to do it out of a a sense of just wanting to share the good news and a a real desire to to lead other people into this wonderful relationship with you. God, we just trust in you now and we say, we, we know we can't do it ourselves, but we know that you are able. And we ask that in Jesus' name.